0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the Bear Den. My name is Matt Workman. I'm joined by Joe Goodman. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing well,
0: Matt. Just uh, glad to be back after being in the, uh, the Bear Den Infirmary last
1: week. Yes, yeah, so we're glad that you were doing better and that uh, be back back with us. So I wanted before we started I did want to ask. You're a an EPL fan, right?
0: Yes, I am a a Tottenham fan.
1: I was thinking about this cuz I'm trying to get into the um, Premier League and I, and I don't have a team and I'm always curious how people land on a team. How did you get to Tottenham?
0: So there there was like a couple of points um I was never really a big football fan until uh, pretty pretty recently, actually. But um, a few years back, JJ uh, Watt had made a comment about Spurs, and I remember a bunch of people being like, "Oh no, JJ, don't tell me you're a Spurs fan," um, which is odd. And and uh, so that was kind of like one of the first non-Manchester United teams that I that I heard of. Um, and then there was a. Um, Uh, a youtube channel that i watched for a really long time called uh achievement hunter which was a part of the rooster teeth family um and one of the guys that was a part of their group who's uh, from england was a big tottenham fan and he would talk about them a lot so i always said if i ever got into epl i would pick tottenham as my team um and then a couple years ago i just kind of started paying attention and and following it and then really i got i got way more into it um during COVID I was always kind of like a casual fan
1: yeah
0: um and then when COVID hit and EPL came back um I just dove right in and got really really into it um and before that I had watched the uh, the all or nothing that Amazon did on Tottenham when uh, they fired their their manager and brought in Jose Mourinho um so I'm a pretty new like serious Tottenham fan paid attention to him a little bit in the past but that's that's how I fell on it.
1: Well, um, what I did, like I said, I was trying to get into it, so I just picked one, and I, I just I landed on like um, Man City. Oh, boy, now, I, now I feel like a front runner because they're like <laughs> number two right now, and they did good last year. And I was like, well, I don't want to be. Well, when I first started out, I, I had a couple teams, and I was like, well, I'm going to do like, um, I guess West Ham was one, and then I got I, I posted it on Twitter, and all these like EPL fans are like, why would you do that? You're never going to you know, being a championship. And I was like, I just picked it random. Why are you getting why are you yelling at me? <laughs>
0: I think I think in Baylor Twitter the most popular team is Liverpool. Okay. Um so but I they're like, like
1: number one right now in the state. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. Uh well they they have they have a really, really good team. Um I know Dex, he's a uh he's an Arsenal fan um Mr. Jeffries on Baylor Twitter he's an yeah. Everton fan which is okay. like they're the small team in Liverpool um and then there's a few of us that are that are Tottenham folks um I don't know if there's any Man City folks that I've seen in Baylor Twitter. you might be blazing a trail there on your own
1: yeah I, I was looking at it today and I was like well you know they're like number two in the stands it's like well I kind of I want to pick a Baylor top, so I'm gonna pick a, a a good team but not like uh like I didn't want to go like Chelsea or like you said like united
0: so tottenham is they're they're considered like the big six but at this point tottenham is basically the university of texas um they've got as much money if not more than everybody else um and uh but they don't have any results and they don't win any trophies so yeah. i've okay. described them uh to, to my friends as i they're like the mets
1: that's a good description.
0: They're 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 in they're in London. They're a major market team. They're a big deal. They have a worldwide following, but they never they absolutely never win anything. And the teams from the same city are much more successful than they are.
1: Yeah, so I may stick with uh, Man City. I, it's been a year, so I've been kind of following Twitter, and I you know, luckily with like streaming, I can watch the games. Like Sunday morning, I can always watch EPL games yeah, when I'm making P-Hawk breakfast for my family. Yeah. So I thought as transitioning over to um, college football, I thought what we would do is just play a little game with, it's about a, a quarter of the season's gone by, you know, four weeks of um, of games and kind of get like a temperature check on how you feel about certain teams or, or all the teams in the Big 12. And uh, just go down the list and see what your thoughts are about these different teams. Okay. let's Let's roll. All right. So I'm going to exclude Baylor. Um, from this and just go down to a non-Baylor Big 12 teams and um, I'm gonna start with Iowa State uh, the team that we just played what is your thoughts or would you buy or sell Iowa State right now um, at I this point the I'm
0: hammering the buy button because their stock is low right now like yeah. all right like if, if we're looking at this as a stock you can get Iowa State bargain basement price right now two and two it's it's not the worst case scenario. I think, like, if they would have dropped that UNI and I game, that's the worst case scenario for Iowa State this year. Um, I think they're going. Well, we're going to get into our picks, but they've they have a game this week that's a good, just lost a game opponent to come up with to come up against. Um, and you know, I, I absolutely think they still have the best defense in the Big Twelve. That that defense is nasty as we saw what they did to us in the second half. I think. I think yeah. their coaches just need to grow a little bit more. I think they're a little bit too reactive in game. Um, I think they trust that the plan that they have is going to work. And then if it doesn't work, then, then they'll be able to fix it at halftime, which they can. But, um, but a lot of time that doesn't leave them with enough time on the clock to, uh, to actually win the game. Um, and that's where their problems lie is their, their reactivity. But I think, I think Campbell can write the ship two of the hardest games on their schedule in Waco in September and their Iowa in the Iowa game for the Cy-Hawk yeah. trophy. Those were two of the hardest games they had on the schedule this year. Um, they still have Oklahoma and Texas, which I think are going to be tough, but they always play Oklahoma well. Um, and so, yeah, I'd be, I'd be buying, um, everybody's kind of running them off, but they've only lost one conference game. Um, they're going to win plenty more. And they're still, I think going to be in that um, upper echelon of teams that'll be competing for a big 12 title.
1: Yeah, I'm the same way because I mean the the phrase is Brocktober is called that for reasons because mm-hmm. they come on in October and November and finish strong. And I saw a lot of stories about this how they 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 take it pretty easy in the summer and in and in fall camp. And I th- that I think that could contribute to why they kind of like sputter out of the gates every single year mm-hmm. is because they don't they're not quite up to speed with other teams that have been you know putting in the a little more extraneous workouts up until this point but that's just my theory so
0: yeah and they've got Texas in November so it's going to be yeah. a cold weather game for Texas up there
1: oh that's in Ames yeah all right uh next i want to do Kansas and i'm i'm going to start off with this and i think even with the results i think i'm going to be buying Kansas not cuz they're going to win any you know substantial amount of games, but I think if you look at the way they're playing, even how they play duke their um, their trajectory unlike previous years is is more on a progr- progression that's more um positive
0: yeah uh Kansas is a penny stock, so screw yeah. it right it's like it's like buying dogecoin like sure I'll throw twenty dollars at it and I'll stash it away for however long and maybe and maybe one day I'll look at my portfolio and it's it's boomed and I've made a bunch of money off of it yeah I'd buy some Kansas right now they mainly because you can't get any worse than they've been in the past there I think they're slightly better this year um I do like what that coaching staff is doing um so yeah I agree with you their, tra- their trajectory is is moving up um yeah. but they're still so cheap why not buy them
1: yeah um Kansas State is interesting because they started off hot you know 3 and 0 start um they were took a little bit of a step back of a um, quarterback injury Then I even think the backup quarterback got hurt against uh, Oklahoma State so you have the you're at, you're to your third quarterback at this point <clears throat> so it I don't know what their outlook is moving forward in in the short term so I would probably stand pat on Kansas State and just to see how everything works out <clears throat> especially this week uh, the game they have
0: yeah. Kansas state, if you remember when we, when we did our preview episode, I, I was real low on them. I was very surprised yeah. the way they started their season. Um, and it's just it's so indicative of what Kansas state is every year as a football team of, of overachievers that also find a way to underperform when you expect them to do well. Um, they're, they're just so weird as a program. Um, I agree with you. I have no idea what to make of of Kansas State. Uh, if if you told me they ended up winning nine games this year, I'd be like, okay, sure, they're Kansas State, and I guess that's what's going to happen. And if you told me that they were going to lose eight games um, or seven games, uh, I would I would also believe that 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 happened. So um, I really don't know what to make with them. I wouldn't buy or sell them at the moment because if you already got some Kansas State, just hold on to it. What do you got to lose? Um, but I'm not buying it anymore. Uh,
1: next, uh, let's. Barso, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. So, I look at them
0: a little bit similar to the way I look at Iowa State. Um, I picked uh, Oklahoma was my pick to win the national title um, this year. I really expected uh, Spencer Rattler to to take the next step forward, um, but I just haven't seen it, and they just they just feel off this year. There's just it feels like something is missing um, from that team. And I don't feel like Rattler has taken that next step yet. Um, and I do kind of wonder if he will, um, or if, or if we're just kind of seeing the best version of, of what he is, who knows, maybe we'll see something in the future, but having said all of that, I think right now you can get Oklahoma on the cheap. Um, I would, yeah, I wouldn't really pick anybody else to win the big 12 still right now. We haven't seen enough, uh, conference play um, to make me believe that that Oklahoma really is in trouble of of not winning another big 12 title. Um, but I think enough people are selling them right now that, yeah, I'll, I'll buy a little Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, th- I think uh, they're, they're not going to be so far to don't, they don't look like they're going to be the juggernaut offensively that they have been. They have had, I mean, offensive line is really not what it usually is for Oklahoma offensive line. So that's kind of leading to some of their struggles. But I do think they're going to – I mean, I I trust, like you said, I trust in Lincoln-Riley to put it all together. I mean, they've won six straight Big 12 championships for a reason. And until they don't, it's hard to bet against them. Yeah, 100%. Now, uh, Oklahoma State is a little bit different. Um, they're – to me, they're a question mark just because they're 4-0 and – but they're probably the shakiest 4-0 of, of the 4-0 teams.
0: So I, I'm going to hate what I say here because it. Um, I don't ever like picking on Oklahoma State right before you play them in Stillwater no. on a night game when you want your team to be good. Um, but, yeah, I'm selling Oklahoma State. Um, I just – I don't trust them. Um, Spencer Sanders, uh, I don't – He doesn't do anything for me as a quarterback. Um, And I think my biggest thing about Oklahoma state this year is in years past, they've had a Tylan Wallace or a Chuba Hubbard. One of those guys on offense that keeps your defensive coordinator up at night that you just kind of, as a fan say, I know this guy's going to beat me. Can I shut down the other 10 guys on their offense? Um, And they just, I don't feel like they have that this year. Um, They don't, they don't have anybody that I'm sitting here thinking about like, I'm worried about this guy on Oklahoma state. Um, and I think that might be what their, their core problem is. And I agree with you, they're four and O, but I mean, they really, it, none of those wins have been impressive. Nobody's thought like, Oh, wow, man, Oklahoma state really yeah. went out there and did that. So yeah,
1: I'm selling them. Yeah. The last two wins they haven't scored in the second half. Yeah. They're- so I mean, it's like, that's, that's odd. So yeah, I agree. It's 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 just shaky, and so I'm selling on Oklahoma State. Um, moving on to the Texas schools, we'll start with the University of Texas.
0: I'm I'm buying them. Uh, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're they're probably expensive to buy right now, but. Man, if you know, I, I said earlier, there's you know, I, I really wouldn't bet against Oklahoma winning the Big Twelve. But if there was a school that I would say, like, yeah, I think they could do it. It's probably Texas. Um, I'm re- I'm really excited about the uh, the Red River Shootout, though. I won't be able to watch it this year because I will be in Waco watching the uh, the West Virginia game at the exact same time at 11 a.m. But uh, um,
1: beautiful 11 a.m. kickoff.
0: Yeah, at, at the same time as OU Texas. Yeah. Great, great scheduling. <laughs> um, but uh, but man, they, they've got all the athletes in the world on that team. Um, and it's, it's, it's Texas. They've, they've had these athletes. It's all about, are they able to develop and put it together into a complete product on the field, which they haven't seemed to have been able to do consistently since Mac Brown. Um, and I'm not a big Sark believer or anything, but, um, turns out Arkansas is not that bad. Um, and everybody laughed at Texas for losing to them. Um, and then they just turned around and and put a whooping on Texas tech. So um, I'm buying a little Texas right now. I I, I think, I think there might be some there.
1: Yeah. I'm of, I'm of two minds. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to believe what I'm seeing, but then I was listening to a podcast today and they said like, let's, let's kind of pump the brakes on Texas because, you know, yeah, they put up a lot of points against rice and Texas tech. So I think part of that may have been Texas Tech's fraudulent, was fraudulent, but um, also Casey Thompson looks great. There's no doubt about that. The offense looked great. Put up 70 points. I don't care who you're playing a power five team, he put up 70 points. That's a big deal. And uh, um, I, I just was curious why Casey Thompson didn't start against Arkansas or Louisiana for that matter, but, I mean, because he looks like, Head and shoulders better than um, Hudson Card did whenever he played Arkansas, for sure.
0: It re- it reminded me of when the Texans drafted Deshaun Watson and he didn't get named the starter. And we sent, I think it was Tom Savage out there um, in the first game of the season. And then at yeah. halftime, Tom Savage got benched and they sent Watson out. And every sports pundit in Houston was, if if you were that quick to pull the trigger and put him in, like, why wasn't he just starting the game? Like, what was, like, how did you not, If you trusted him enough to put him in the first half, in the second half of the first game, why didn't you trust him enough to put him in the first half based off of what you saw in practice? So that's 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 kind of the question mark I have about Sark. Is like clearly Casey Thompson has done something, and and he looks like he's got this team going. Why wasn't he the guy they picked? So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's intriguing. Maybe they just maybe he just didn't show up well in practice and he's a, he's a game day warrior and they lucked into some kind of injury that got him in there and he's the answer. So um, I hope he's not because I don't want Texas to be good consistently, but uh, from a uh, completely impartial standpoint. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I think Texas might have something to root.
1: I would agree. And the, um, you talked about how like, kind of you grew up like an OU fan. Yeah. Well, I, I grew up a Texas fan. Like that's, gotcha. that's all I was. So still part of my, like my heart is like, remembers like 2005 whenever I was a, you know, <laughs> a Texas fan. Or, and so I still always, I always believe and I'm, I'm a, I'm a sucker, even though I, I hate them, I still believe they're going to be good. But so, yeah, I'm, I'm on the same boat with you. Um, Texas Christian university is a weird.
0: The, have you seen, have you seen everything that's going on right now? I'm going to just, oh, yeah. gonna want, this with, want, I'm selling hard talk about on it. TCU right now. Um, this whole flag planting and whether or not a, an SMU player hit Jerry Kill.
1: Oh, yeah, S- I fired off way too many tweets about it this afternoon. God,
0: Gary is just he. We, we've seen this personally before in, in our rivalry game with them, where he just, for whatever reason, decides to get mouthy over the weirdest stuff. Um,
1: did you read soon- the article, his quotes?
0: Yeah, like I, haven't, brings, I haven't read the full thing, but I've seen some of the quotes posted posted on Twitter today. And
1: he brings up the 6158 game, and Bayer yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw, I I like, saw
0: Etta, uh She uh, she posted about that.
1: I was like, that, about that was him. eight years mm-hmm. ago, buddy. You're still thinking about it.
0: And he, and he, and he talked about how, like, you know, he, I want people to. If you want people to hate you, then why are you pissed off that somebody tried to plant a flag? Like, and also the whole thing about this flag is it's not a novel concept. This has happened before in college football. Um, we saw Baker Mayfield do it at the Horseshoe in Columbus. Like, um, so I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm, I'm selling hard on TCU though. Uh, I think SMU is an up and coming team. They're better than I think people give them credit for. Yeah. But um, I, I had TCU at the beginning of the year. I thought that they were the second best team in the Big Twelve, um, and I was completely wrong there. So get them, get them away from me.
1: I did too. I thought they're. I mean, just the way that SMU just bullied them up front is like, that's not normally what you see from a TCU team. So that leads me to believe believe that maybe they are like, you know, kind of like that old Dennis Green quote, like maybe they are who we thought they were, you Mm -hmm. know, maybe they are just, you know, they're over the past couple of seasons, they're average out to be like a, you know, just a 500 team. Maybe they are just a 500 team.
0: Yeah. You know, you think about it when they, when they got into the big 12, they weren't good. They, yeah. they weren't good for the first couple of years they joined. And then we had 2014 where they were, you know, let's be honest, legitimately may have been the best team in the country in 2014. But I think, I, I think they ride that a little bit to, to this day. Like they're, they're an above average program that has had a Rose bowl win. And a, I think it was a peach bowl win that they had against Ole Miss that year. And, and I think, I think people give them a little bit, maybe more credit than they deserve. Um, And maybe it was just that, that uh, Gary's caught lightning in a bottle a couple of times. He's a great defensive mind, but man, I don't know. I I just, they just don't look good.
1: Yeah. And uh, speaking of not looking good, uh, Texas tech is the next team (laughs) and I'm like, sell as fast as you can. I do not, I don't think Matt Wells is, is long for the Texas tech head coaching job. Regardless of their three and zero start, um, it's it, they did not look good. Saturday so against Texas. My,
0: my wife is a Red Raider, but she's not. She's not very uh, sports inclined to, around football. Um, she kind of will just, you know, hey, what was? The, do, do you know what their score was today? Oh, of course they let. Of course they let Texas put seventy on us, and that's yeah. the end of it. Um, but my my best friend's wife is also a Red Raider. and She's much more into it. Um, and my best friends an Aggie um but uh yeah tech it's just I I tweeted the other day like they're due for some good karma at some point right yeah because right after that 70 point loss you they find out that their starting quarterback is going to be out for I think six weeks or until they broke his
1: collarbone Yeah,
0: yeah and it's just like man they you can't they that program can't catch a break and I don't I really don't get it I don't understand how Baylor has come back from like garbage multiple times in the last 15 years. Um, You know, we've seen TCU, even though like we were just kind of talking about how they're above average or whatever, but we've seen TCU have great years and still be a respectable team. We've seen Oklahoma State consistently rebuild and compete. I just don't understand what it is about Texas Tech and why they can't seem to jump into that Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU level that we've had over the past decade or so it feels like tech had had some great years under leech and there mm-hmm. should have been a foundation set there that they, they should have been able to build upon, but Kingsbury wasn't able to do it. Um, and I, I, I agree. I think, I don't think Wells is long for, for Lubbock. I think he may get one more year at most, but yeah, sell tech, get them out of here.
1: Yeah. I think part of the problem is they're, it's so hard to, I think for the people that have followed leech, it's hard to recruit to that location. Cause it's it's not like it's Waco or TC where you're right in the heart of recruiting hotbeds. Right. Or like Waco, you could two hour radius, you can you can hit all kinds of recruiting hotbeds. Texas tech, tech is such far out outlier of the other Big 12 schools, even Oklahoma State, because they're right there. Um and they have a they they made inroads, especially where you're from in Houston or Oklahoma State. They they recruit Houston good, mm, they very and just hard. Texas Tech just can't get that foothold. And if you're not running that offense, I think that Leach was running to where it's unique at the time. It was unique, where it's just a different. It's college football is just different now than it was in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. And um, you know, it's just hard to get. I mean, you have to kind of lean on juco's and transfers to get players in there and you can't depend on that.
0: Yeah, and, you know and I think I think Baylor did something kind of special to to ensure their ability to recruit maybe a little bit better than Tech when Rule got here and that was when he dove into the Texas High School uh, yeah. coaches association. And if you watched Thursday night football this week, um Rule actually put on a, a Texas High yeah. School coaches association hat during the game.
1: I love coach rule,
0: yeah. It, it, and and when his hiring of Joey McGuire, um, mm-hmm. into this program and Sean Bell, um, and really integrating with uh, the state's coaches, I think, I think, allowed us to get some inroads in places that you know that set us higher than tech. Um, and I think there are situations now where coaches call up baylor and say hey i need you to take a look at this kid um because if you remember like rule never had those big time recruiting classes like he he wasn't recruiting top top 25 recruiting classes but they talked about how they specifically went out and looked for um certain skill sets
1: they looked for like speed size yeah
0: you know they they wanted to go find the things that you couldn't coach because they believed they could coach um and and the relationships that they that, that built with coaches around the state set them up to a level to, to be successful. So that I think that might be something that tech had to do. They just have to find a new way to do it and uh something unique that, that can pull um pull some recruits um or find a coach like they did in Leech that does things differently um and kind of is counter to expectations in college football that you can build around um that might be just tech just might need to be the weird school and they keep trying to be the normal one but
1: yeah man at some point
0: at some point they got to get good again at least a little bit
1: if if i was texas tech i would do everything i could to get um jeff trailer to lubbock what he's done at utsa in like just last year's first year and then the second year where they're undefeated and just beat memphis and i mean and his ties, like he's a former Texas high school football coach, and he's highly respected in that community. You need someone like that to get those inroads into the um, high school coaches for sure, just like Rule did. Yeah. And last on our list is West Virginia Mountaineers. Coming off of a tough loss, um, they're 2-2 two and two on this season. They've had um, opened up with a loss, but they have a good win against Virginia Tech. Um, I really – I don't – they're another team I don't know what to make of. My inclination is to buy just because I do believe in their head coach. But they may be also like kind of um, a mirage, so to speak.
0: So I'm buying West Virginia. I I really like them. um, And I'm very worried about playing against them. Uh, I don't think they have the it factor that they need to really be – a next level team, but I also think they can beat anybody. Um, they're they're they can play spoiler and I think that they're going to win seven or eight games. Maybe, yeah. you know, they I can see them winning six, but they're going to be a bowl team. Um, Neil Brown, I agree. I really like him a lot. And, yeah. uh, what's funny, what's funny to me about him though, is he doesn't feel like a West Virginia coach to me. Like mm-hmm. he just, he he looks like he should be, um, in a frat and old miss, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just what he looks like to me, uh, which doesn't match up with 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 West Virginia's vibe. Um, but he's done he's done good there. Um, I think long term he's going to be better than what Holgerson was for them. And uh, and yeah, I'm I'm buying West Virginia. I think I think they're going to be real competitive for a while. I think West Virginia is comparable to what TCU has been as a program. Um, they'll have the flash years, but then every other year they're, they're kind of. They're kind of there to just be above average. And um, those kinds of teams are always scary because they can come out of nowhere in any game and just pop you in the face. So I'm buying West Virginia.
1: Yeah. uh, Neil Brown was um, he's from Kentucky. And I remember back whenever he was during that hiring, when he got the West Virginia job, he was up for the Louisville job. And they didn't hire him because he's a Kentucky guy, UK. And um, that was probably the t- – and they they went with Satterfield, who is not going great right now for him. So th- they may want to rethink that in the offseason. Yeah. So yeah. so let's go ahead and – let's go ahead and um, look back on Iowa State shortly. Um, just a recap, Baylor defeated Iowa State 31-29. Um, they jumped out to a big lead and let Iowa State kind of – creep back in is indicative, you know, kind of reminded me of um, 2019 where they jumped out to a 20 to nothing lead and then let them come back. But um, Baylor came out with a win. Um, what, are, what was your takeaway from that, um, that game?
0: You did exactly what you had to do against that style of team. Iowa state is, I, I said it earlier, they're, they're a reactive team. You have to go into the second half of the lead against them. Um, you absolutely cannot play from behind against Iowa state uh, mm-hmm. their, The way that their team is designed is to play as a front runner. Um, it's more difficult for them to, to chase you down. Um, and we scored just enough points. To, to win that football game, we did just enough of what we needed to do in the first half offensively. Um, I think, that defense is one of the best I've seen in a long time in the big 12. It's just, it, the defense is so good. Um, the three drives that we had that the three touchdown drives that we had in the first half, they were just they were perfect. Those, those yeah. were perfect drives. They really were. Um, and if we continue to see more of that, my gosh, this Baylor team could be dangerous. Um, and my other takeaway really from this game and oh man, Brees hall is not a human. That guy, that dude, no matter what you feel about Iowa State, no matter what you feel about anybody on their team, um, Brees Hall has earned my respect forever. That guy is hard-nosed, tough. Um, We spent all day. Like, I I went back and watched all of his big runs. And, like, it was all him. Like, him reading, perfectly reading blocks. It was, uh, you know, him you know, breaking leg tackles, uh, getting, getting to the second level after we got through their, their line. Um, that, that guy almost single-handedly carried them to that game. Um, and you know, all kudos to him, but Baylor went out and did exactly what they had to do. Um, and they attacked the special teams side of, of Iowa state where they're extremely vulnerable.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I, they looked really inept the entire game on special teams. I just I have no idea how a guy that seems to have the ability that Matt Campbell has has let an entire third of uh the game of football on his team just seem like it's not coached whatsoever. The whole idea you know there's been a lot of talk about them not having a special teams coordinator, about half the big twelve doesn't have a special teams coordinator on their team, yeah. but they do have a coach that is assigned to also also do it
1: yeah. um it like just feels like Iowa State doesn't... Just Matt Pallage like, is the special teams coach, but he's the safeties coach. I mean, his primary job is to coach safeties, but he is... His other responsibility is special teams. Right. And he does a great job at it.
0: And it, it just feels to me like um, like they, they don't care about special teams. Uh, because yeah, why would you kick it to Ebner as many times as they did? Just kick it out of bounds.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, well... Um, I've heard a lot of them. Uh, those
0: are my biggest takeaways, really.
1: Yeah. And I agree. I mean, those are um, – if it were not for Brees Hall and Charlie Kohler, um, they wouldn't have had an offense. No. Brock Purdy was out of sorts, mostly – I mean, predominantly due to Baylor's defense. And he had two NFL – feature NFL players on his team that – I mean, Charlie Kohler is an NFL tight end.
0: Yeah. He, um, bailed, he bailed Purdy out the whole game because even half yeah. the completions that it felt like he had – he was reaching six feet away from him to, to just grab the ball. And, and man, respect to Kolar, too. I got, I got to respect him.
1: So, but, yeah, and Brees Hall is just a, a freak. So, there's nothing to do with that. Like, he I don't, he gets – you get to him early, and he still winds up turning out, you know, an 8, 9, 10, 28-yard game mm-hmm. because he just keeps on, keeps those feet moving. He's hard to tackle, hard to get down. And uh, he's just – he is just, like, he, everything he gets, he earns. All the respect, all the kudos, all the accolades. Uh, he's absolutely one of the, the best runbacks in the nation. Yeah. But I have seen a lot of, like, Baylor fans talking about the second half offense online, and I think I was listening to or may have been reading, like, what Colt was saying, Colt Barber, and he was like, what kind of contributed to that was We we didn't have a lot of possessions because of a return touchdown that took away a possession, a big punt return took away a possession. Where Baylor was happy to, you know, get to kick the field goal on that on that particular drive, and then um, you know fumbles, the fumble. I you mean know, so we didn't have a lot of chances to to put up the points and do what we needed to do offensively because of the um, lack of actual possessions during that second half.
0: No, and, and and that's that's exactly right. And I think the other part of it was. And I, I had this vibe, this feel that Aranda and Grimes, they said, we are not going to go lose this game. Yeah. We're not going to beat ourselves. Um, we're not going to throw interceptions. Um, and I think Travis Roters even talked about how he, that we we haven't even fully opened the playbook yet. There's still a lot of things that haven't been installed Um And I think they're taking baby steps. This is the first year under under this offensive staff. And even as good as they've looked, um, they've still got a ways to go before I think they're fully comfortable with everything that Grimes wants to run. And when you have that kind of lead and you have the defense that we have and the trust that Aranda has in this this group and these kids, I think he went out there and said, you know what, we're going to do what it takes to win this football game, but we're not going to beat ourselves. And, And that's exactly what they did.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, I think when we when we went through and did our like season prediction, I, I, I'm pretty sure I had this as a loss. Looking back, yeah, we I mean, both did. Remember. Yeah, and so to have it as a win, I mean, you right now you're kind of playing. Okay, well, kind of playing with house money because I I didn't think we'd be at four and zero at this point. So I'd be more at three and one. So now I think we both said like in this three game stretch, you wanted to go like one and two. Come out of yeah. it like four and two. So right now we have a chance to – we're already at that four-win mark, so we're, Baylor's sitting in a good spot going forward in the season for sure. Absolutely. All right. You ready to put that one to bed and look ahead to this week in the Big 12?
0: Let's do it. Let's talk about uh, everybody else because we know more about them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go ahead and throw in the um, group. Uh, the new – I would say group of five, the new Big 12, incoming Big 12 teams. And just go down chronologically on what's going to happen. And some of these lines have moved from whenever I made the spreadsheet. But first up, we have Houston is at Tulsa. And for some reason, Tulsa is a four and a half point favorite. And even FBI has them at a 57.6% chance of winning. Uh, Houston's just what uh, do you Houston's
0: think? not great. <laughs> They're just not. Um... You know that three and one record. Uh, like I, I watched a little bit of that Navy game they played last week. Um, they had to come back and win it. They're just really not that impressive. Um, they lost to Tech, in, and after that, after after what we saw to Tech this week, that's that looks really bad. You um, know, I'm trying to. Besides, besides Navy, they, they beat Grambling and Rice, um, and Rice was a quote unquote road game, whatever. Um, it's still yeah. used yeah um so yeah i mean they they lost to tech and then they beat navy grambling and rice and they barely beat navy now that being said tulsa's one and three um i don't i don't know like i don't know enough about tulsa um and who they have to to really form that much of an opinion on them um the one game that they have won was against arkansas state um and they've had two games that were pretty rough they played at oklahoma state and at ohio state um and they actually competed against both of those teams uh, they only lost to oklahoma state by 5 and um they lost by three touchdowns to ohio state but on the road in the shoe 41 to 20 if you're told so you'll take that but here's the thing is they lost to uc davis so
1: yeah open uh, the year they lost to fcs team
0: yeah, they so I don't know. Like this so is such a coin flip. Um but I you know, I'm just going to have to ride with what the computers tell me and like you said they've got a 57% chance to win it according to FBI. So I'm going Tulsa in this one.
1: Okay, so I watched a couple I watched that Ohio State game and yes, yeah, so they lost 41 to 20, but in the fourth quarter that it was a 21-20 game. And Ohio State turned it on in the fourth quarter and scored twenty more points. So, I mean, they were competing with them, um, but I think that probably had more to do with what Ohio State has going on than what Tulsa has going on. Tulsa's defense is is good; their offense is a problem. Um, so I just, and maybe it's because I mean they're getting the it started off at three and then it's gone up to four and a half, and I think Houston may have a quarterback issue. I think maybe their quarterback may have gotten hurt against Navy if I'm remembering correctly. So maybe that has contributed to that. I'm going to go against the computers, against the data. And I think Houston's going to cover the three and a half. I'm not going to go out and say they're going to win, but, or I guess, is it three and a half? It's four and a half now. So I'm yeah, going to say they're going to, they'll, they'll win or they'll, if they lose, it'll be a close game. Three point game, something
0: like that. I, I think Tulsa covers.
1: Okay. Uh, next, also on Friday night, so we got two games Friday night. Uh, BYU at Utah State. Um, this game has moved as well, it's now BYU minus nine. Um, I, th- in in my mind, BYU is going to easily cover this and um, take care of the Utah State Aggies.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think BYU is, uh, they're pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah, concerning. States,
1: it's concerning. States
0: always like the sneaky team that, that doesn't sound like they should be good at football, but they're like they're generally pretty good. But yeah, I mean, if you told me that BYU won this game by a touchdown and a field goal, 10 points, sure, that sounds like absolutely believable. So I'm taking BYU to cover as well.
1: Yeah, all right. Um, 11 o'clock, ABC, you have Texas at TCU. Texas is a five-point favorite. Um, I was leaning towards TCU to outright win because it's kind of been the nature of how TCU and Texas games go until this afternoon, until I started reading uh, quotes from Gary Patterson where my guy wasn't even thinking about Texas. He's still talking about the SMU game, and even he's still talking about a game that happened eight years ago. So – I don't know where, where their heads at as a team. So I'm inclined to, to go the other way and uh, pick Texas in this one.
0: Yeah. The joke has been, uh, don't put American dollars on Texas against TCU because they're what two and seven, uh, yeah. I'm in the big 12 against them. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't care what they did the last nine years. This is a different Texas team. It's different Texas coaching staff. It's different TCU team. And clearly Gary Patterson is more focused on SMU right now. Um, it's a minus five is the line. Uh, yeah. yeah, hammer that. They're going to win by more than a touchdown. They're going to win by multiple touchdowns. FPI has them at a seventy percent uh, chance of winning. Seventy percent chance of winning, and the the lines minus five. Take that every single day of the week. Uh, Texas is going to cover and win this game big.
1: We concur. All right, a, a big game. Uh, of our future compadres, the Cincinnati Bearcats are traveling to Notre Dame to take on the Fighting Irish, and Cincinnati. I think I had them as a two and a half point favorite. That may have moved, um, but they they're, were yeah, they're two and a half. Yeah, two and a half still okay. So I'm taking Cincinnati all day. I watched that game with Notre Dame, and if it wasn't for pick sixes, that game isn't there it's not as bad as the score indicates over wisconsin and they didn't look good at all
0: yeah they scored i think 30 points on 60 yards at some point is, <laughs> is what it was and in, in, in that second half and i yeah, turned that game,
1: game in the fourth quarter it was 24 13
0: they that, ended that, that game
1: did 41 13
0: the game was that game was uh something else and yeah. i'm i'm 100 percent on board with you here I, I I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there since we're talking Cincinnati. This is my bold prediction of the year. Uh, you know, my hot take the, the old man, did he just say that Cincinnati is making the playoff this year?
1: That's what I'm talking about.
0: The, Cincinnati is going to go in and they're not just going to cover. Cincinnati is going to blow the doors off of Notre Dame. And they're going to say, we're a big 12 team. Hey guys, we're repping for you right now. Cincinnati is going to be the very first group of five team to make the playoff.
1: That's what I like to hear. This is, um, I'm always a a fan of like chaos and against what's normally the, you know, the chalky, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and whoever. Uh, So, yeah, I would love to see that. Um, And I'm right there with you. I think they're going to definitely take care of Notre Dame. Um, Next is we have Oklahoma going to Manhattan, take on Kansas State. Um, They've had some troubles with with Kansas State recently, and Oklahoma, let me see. It says that I had it as a 10-and-a-half, yeah, still 10-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, so I'm going to stick with what I normally do, and I'm going to take Oklahoma to cover. They have to one of these days, one of these games, they're going to have to like click on, and Kansas State looked a little little shaky last week. So I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, the Sooners to cover and uh, beat Kansas State this weekend.
0: So Oklahoma is one and three against the spread this year, and it yeah. is a 10-and-a-half yeah. point line. Oklahoma, though, has an 84% chance, according to FPI, to win this game. I'm fully on yeah. board. If I was, if, if we're talking money line, Oklahoma's going to win the game. I don't, I don't think they're going to go in and lose in Manhattan. That being said, I don't think they cover. Um, I don't think they're going to win by more than 10. It wouldn't surprise me if they won by 10, but I think it's going to be closer to like a a seven or four point game. Um, Just because like you said, they have struggled against Kansas state historically it's in Manhattan Um, and Kansas state's they're three and one. Like I'm not high on them. I'm selling them right now. Like, or we're kind of standing pat on them a little bit. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to win by 14 um in this game. So yeah, I'm I'm go- I'm going Kansas to cover but Oklahoma to win.
1: All right. Next up at another two we have like a a, a block of games at 2:30. Mm-hmm. So another 2:30 game, Texas Tech at West Virginia. West Virginia is I believe they are 7 point favorite. Let me yeah, 7 point favorites. Um what's FPI have them at like uh West Virginia 72, yeah, 73. Um, what do you think? I'm I'm still kind of thinking about this game. What what's your take on Texas Tech and West Virginia? I
0: think West Virginia will cover. Um, I I have no faith in Tech right now. I really don't, especially without their quarterback um, going to Morgantown. Um, I think I think West Virginia is going to be fired up after that close call with Oklahoma. Yeah. They, I think they're going to be looking for they're going to be looking to give a beat down to somebody because they've really they're so close to getting that signature win. And it's just Texas Tech, I think, might run into a little bit of a buzzsaw. Um, I don't think West Virginia has the ability to truly just blow someone out. But, you know, uh, a touchdown. Sure. Yeah. Like I could see this being a 17 point win for West Virginia. So I'm taking West Virginia um, and those seven points.
1: Yeah, and this could be this could be like Austin Road for Texas Tech. I mean, coming off of going to Texas, did they go to Texas? Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, having that loss by thirty-five points last week and having to travel to Morgantown this week—if they get another loss—I mean, that could be like you know close the book on the season because they're about they're going to fold fold it up.
0: Yeah, and they do have you know to their credit after after this game they have. TCU at home at Kansas, Kansas State at home, so they could make somewhat of a recovery, maybe. Um, But then they run into a buzzsaw right after that where they have to go to Norman, play Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Baylor four games in a row. So um, they absolutely need to win this football game um, if they want to feel comfortable about um, being bowl eligible, I think
1: all right next is u c f at navy um u c f is a fifteen and a half point favorite i believe um f p i has them like ninety five percent chance to win this game uh navy's not good um no even though they played u h close um so i think h is a good so <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna go with u c f here even without with their quarterback being out um i think they're they're good enough they have enough talent to uh, beat Navy by more than two touchdowns.
0: Yeah, if if FPI gives me ninety five percent, I'm gonna probably take whatever the line is. Most of the time, um, so yeah, like I'll uh, I have it at sixteen and a half. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's a twenty one point win for UCF okay. over Navy. Sure, that can happen. So uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm on the same boat with you. All
1: right, good deal. Um, Kansas at. Iowa State, Iowa State coming off the beta loss. Kansas coming off that rough loss against Duke. Iowa State is favored. The last number I saw was by 34. Yeah, it's showing still 34. Um, yeah, this is Iowa State all day.
0: Uh I feel bad for Kansas. I yeah. think um I, I think Iowa State might come out and run trick plays in this game. They I think they need to they need to get themselves psyched up. And if they're, I mean, this is this is the rebound girl right here, and yeah. and th- they're gonna, uh, you know, this is the perfect game to have after what happened to them last weekend is is have Kansas come to your your school. The downside here, though, the downside, Mister Workman, is if they don't blow the doors off of Kansas, yeah, they're fucked. <laughs> I, I mean, they they their morale and their fan base is not going to really be happy. And it's going to be tough for them to move forward and trudge through the rest of this year. If they don't have a good showing against Kansas or they let Kansas play with them for, you know, a couple of quarters and they don't pull away in the second half. Um, I think Matt Campbell absolutely needs to go into this game of saying, I want to win this thing by 70 points and I don't care how we do
1: it. Yeah. Cause if you listen to, or, seen like tweets or posts from their fan base online it's it's not even like the normal vitriol like baylor it was like they're just kind of resigned to like why do we always do this why don't we have a special you know it's like they are just so you know because i thought this is their year going they were talking
0: college football playoffs
1: yeah, mm-hmm. like they were like preseason number seven and all this. And, you know, they had a, a lot of people had them like dark horse playoff contender. And then to go out and be two and two, lose the one, you saw your rival in Iowa, then um, lose to a team that a lot of people wrote off, Baylor, coming off of a two and seven season. Um, yeah, they need a win, a big win for morale purposes, really bad.
0: Yeah. So, uh that being said, I think they do it. So I'll take yeah. them to I'll take those 34 points. The, they're gonna go. I think I think Kansas is in trouble. But you know, a little maybe um watch out for if that doesn't happen, it, it might be some dominoes for, for Iowa State for the rest of the year.
1: And the game of the week, six o'clock on ESPN two. Number 21, Baylor travels to Stillwater, take on number 19, Oklahoma State. Uh, The line has moved on this one. This is now it's Oklahoma state minus three and a half. Um, Tell me what you think about this.
0: So the lines three and a half points generally home field advantage gives you roughly three, a field goal. Yeah. Um, So this is a, this is a toss up to the guys that that do this for a living in Vegas. FPI has it at 53% for Oklahoma state. So again, they have a yeah, field advantage. That three percent is basically built in right there. Yeah, it's a night game in Stillwater, um, and yeah. we have had some bad experiences in night games in Stillwater. That being said, this is a, those Oklahoma State teams. I am amazed that Oklahoma State is ranked at 19 because, like we talked about earlier, they just they haven't they've they've won all their games. They've they've done what you're supposed to, right? Like just win. And who cares how you win as long as you win them. But they just they haven't been impressive. And um, I know people still don't really believe in Baylor because they might be lower on Iowa state now. And besides Iowa state, Baylor's played absolutely nobody. Um, yeah. But in Iowa state, I'm telling, if, if you're looking at this and you're thinking that two and two record means they're a bad team, they're not, they're a very, very good football team. Um, I'm taking Baylor to, to win this outright. Um, I thought this was a loss at the beginning of the year. Um, I believe a lot more into this, this Baylor team than I did earlier. I think this is a team that could finish anywhere from second to fourth in the, in the Big 12 standings at the end of the year, which is something I yep. didn't think was possible at the beginning. Um, it's going to be tough, but I think Baylor pulls this out by around a touchdown. And, um, you know, I, I made the joke on Twitter earlier, uh, you know, on Sunday uh, is just like we all predicted, right? You know, uh, a, a ranked battle between uh, undefeated teams when Baylor and Oklahoma State met this year. Uh, to definitely two teams that have surprised um, and and kind of gone above expectations. Um, So uh, it'll be interesting. Um, And unfortunately, there's just a slate of really, really good games this weekend um, that this is kind of the fourth or fifth best matchup on the the calendar on Saturday. We already talked about Cincinnati Notre Dame that that being another big marquee game. Um, I will be really interested to see uh what our offense does uh, oklahoma state's defense historically has been a little bit different than what iowa state does iowa state's very like stout wants to stop you and and really you know halt what you're doing and not allow you to run a bunch of plays whereas oklahoma state historically has kind of been they go for those knockout punches those big plays the interceptions the pick sixes the fumbles um so it's going to be really imperative i think on us to protect the football um offensively it's going to be a completely different game than what we played against. Um, Iowa State, uh, and we won't have Terrell Bernard this week. It doesn't it doesn't appear, so uh, somebody's going to have to step up there. Uh, that being said, I think we're a better football team than Oklahoma State is, and uh, I think we win this game by a touchdown or more.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, and I think uh, our de- speaking of the defense, um, I think right now it's slated as a uh, Matt John Matt Jones steps in and takes on that um, Terrell Bernard position, um, and he played good, you know in. You know, wasn't expected to play that position against Iowa State. Came in and had a good game. Um, I think. So, looking at the the past scores from Iowa Oklahoma State, they scored twenty three against Missouri State, an FCS team, twenty eight against Tulsa, twenty one against Boise State, and thirty one against Kansas State. Um, so I think our defense is is better than all those, and they're they're going to be able to keep the offense in check um even with even with them playing better against Kansas state than they have previously in the year um those last two games like we we said earlier like they haven't scored in the second half mm-hmm. you know, they scored thirty one point it was thirty one to ten um at the first half of Kansas state, and it was you know uh, twenty to twenty one the first uh uh twenty twenty one in Boise state and that's how they stayed the rest of the game, so neither team scored in the second half of that game. Um, I think our defense will be able to keep that offense in check. I'm not really scared about their offense. It's like you said; it's not the Oklahoma State we're used to. Um, they do have a good defense. They are missing some pieces on um, on their defensive line. Um, both their defensive ends are are out. The starters, um, Trace Ford's out for the year, and then I think their other defensive end on the other side, he's out for this game at least. So I think we'll be able to – the way our offensive line is playing, I think we'll be able to do what we do and so have done so far this year is uh, to establish the run game, use the wide zone um, to set up the passing game, and I think we'll win uh, – let's, let's call it 10 points. Let's say like
0: a 27-17. I think, I think that's fair. I I, I I would buy that.
1: But, yeah, that um, that's what we feel about that um is there anything else that pops out to you this week anything you um oh man there's there's, there's one
0: that there's a there's a big one this week with with Arkansas Georgia yes and 8 versus 2 and so Georgia's favored by 18 and a half points in that game it's crazy it's funny like Arkansas is getting so much respect now but Vegas still looks at them and is 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 like They're still Arkansas. And and that's not the only thing. It's not even just 18 and a half points that George is getting in the line. FPI has this at 89% Georgia winning. Uh, And you know what? I agree. I think Arkansas is going to get put in their place this week and Mm. they're going to come back and think a little bit to reality. Um, A and M was down their starting quarterback and uh, you know, Texas is still learning how to be good again.
1: They were starting the wrong quarterback.
0: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And Uh, no, that being said, Arkansas, they've got some dudes on that team for sure. Um, and I think a lot of us laughed at the coaching hire that they made. Um, and we were all completely wrong. It looks like that guy might be able to form something there, um, and bring that team in Fayetteville back to respectability, but it's not going to be this Saturday. Georgia is scary. Um, I think, I think, uh, I know I predicted, predicted Cincinnati to make the playoff this year. Um, if that doesn't happen and we don't have a group of five in there, then I think there's going to be two SEC teams. I think we may see Georgia and Alabama play each other multiple times in the in the SEC championship and the in the national championship. I think that's another very possible scenario. Um, Georgia might just actually get over the hump this time though um it wouldn't surprise me if georgia won the national title i know i picked Oklahoma at the beginning of the year to do it but after watching georgia a couple times this year i think they're the best team in the country and they're going to blow the doors off of arkansas
1: yeah they have uh the right offensive coordinator they have all the right pieces um now I i mean granted they have played vanderbilt and then i believe they played an fcs team the week before that and they put up a lot of points um I think Arkansas's defense is going to be substantially better than those. Um, so they're not, you're not going to see the 62, 55, whatever me points um, mm-hmm. scored from Georgia. But this is going to be a battle of two very good defenses. Um, but I agree with you. I think Arkansas's even their quarterback may be banged up. So I don't even know if he's going to play uh, their starting quarterback. So that even puts it more in Georgia's favor. And all that being said, you're, I absolutely agree. Georgia looks like the best team in the country. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I thought after last week, I was for sure they were going to be number one in the AP. They're number two, and they still have Alabama one. But they look, they've looked way better than Alabama has so far this year.
0: Yeah, Alabama's going to stay number one until they lose a game, which is this weekend to Ole Miss.
1: That's the other game I was looking at because that game, I mean, if you watched the Alabama-Florida game, um, you know, Alabama jumped up to the twenty-one-three, and then they let Florida come back in, mm-hmm. and almost if if that quarterback—I don't want—I've talked about this too much, but if he would have handed the ball off to the running back instead of riding that mesh all the way to the line of scrimmage. He would have scored the two-point conversion. So they almost lost that game. Um, and one thing Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss know how to do is score a lot of points. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that game, and I wanted to ask you this: How is Clemson still ranked in the top twenty-five?
0: Because they're Clemson, and and it's interesting, you know, thinking about historically, Clemson's not, uh, you know, a great school. They're Clemsoning yeah. is a term, right? Yeah. Um, but they've they've earned enough respect uh, over the last few years. I think Davo in trouble personally. Um, it, it feels like he is refusing to adapt to the new landscape of college sports. He's not taking transfers. He's not a fan of NIL and he's not pushing it. Um, and, you know, I, I, I really, truly wonder if five to 10 years from now we look back and we just say, Dabo is a premium version of Gene Chizik. He, instead of looking into Cam Newton and one yeah. quarterback in one year, he lucked into Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence over a period of about six years. And, um, and, and maybe that's the case that he just had some just really uh, other level college quarterbacks. And, and he had some great wide receivers and defenders too. Like I don't want to discount the other guys that he's coached, but, but man, Trevor but, Lawrence is such an X X factor, and uh, you know you wonder if you would put him on another team with coach that um, doesn't have the respect that Dabo gets these days, um, if they would have had the same results. So yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, I don't think they should be ranked in the top twenty five. Uh, I think honestly, Texas should have been ranked in the top twenty five. Should be
1: right. They're three and one, and they're lost to the number eight team in the country. Is their only loss?
0: So um it does surprise me that clemson is still there um
1: i still think iowa state should be ranked
0: yeah no i i i I agree um it's funny to me that you know you're you say you know hey baylor is the um baylor's the number 21 team in the country and you lost to them by two points on the road so that means you're you know that means you're definitely not a top 25 school come on get out of here That makes no sense so
1: yeah and the, the dabble thing like i was listening to a split zone duo their podcast and they're talking about, like, there's a, it's a whole culture thing. Like, yeah, like you said, like, they don't take transfers. They don't take JUCO. Like, they yeah. only recruit, like, high school kids, and it, they build this culture this um, inside that program of their type of guys. But you're right. Like, he lucked into two back-to-back, like, generational quarterbacks in Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence because their offensive lines have never been, like, Alabama or Oklahoma mm-hmm. or, like, these elite. You know, five star offensive lines. Their defensive lines have been. They've had great, yeah. you know, defensive lines, but they've always been. You don't. They don't have NFL offensive linemen in Clemson, and they never yeah. have. And it's just it's showing now because you don't have that guy behind center who's just the you know the best quarterback in the country and just once in a lifetime guy that you got back to back.
0: Yeah, I mean, think about Trevor Lawrence. After his freshman year, people people were talking about. Needing to change the NFL draft age. So, yeah. because of trouble, Trevor Lawrence.
1: During uh, COVID, freshman. they're like, is he, is he going to sit out? Or before COVID? Yeah. After his freshman year, like, is he going to just sit out and just get draft eligible? So, yeah, I agree. I think he may be in trouble just because if you don't have that guy, it, they don't look great.
0: No. And, and you know what? If I'm a Clemson fan, I'm cool with it. <laughs> I, yeah. I got my national championships I'm happy
1: and you got Billy Napier just sitting there just waiting
0: yeah and the, the big tell this year is if they finally lose to South Carolina
1: yeah which uh, doesn't look too good but
0: their game this weekend is very interesting by the way they they play a 4-0 Boston College team who looks like they're kind of up and coming a bit
1: uh, Boston I think their College head coach is up and coming Jeff Hathaway he's, yeah. a, he's a good coach
0: yeah Boston College NC State and Wake Forest the the big uh the big 3 of the ACC it feels like this year
1: yeah for sure um and it's it's crazy i mean i still think that that division ACC is going to be just just wild you know i mean clemson will still probably win cuz florida state's garbage Miami's not good um north carolina looks like they're fraudulent So, uh, we'll have to see. But, yeah, the ACC is just – I just can't believe how people talk about the Big 12 and just give the ACC a pass. Because without Clemson, and now Clemson is not not what they used to be, that's a garbage conference.
0: Yeah, it is. If, if Florida State doesn't beat Syracuse this weekend, as they play Syracuse. Uh, what's the line in that game? The, the Florida State – Syracuse is, is – Florida State's favored by four and a half. I, I got it real quick. I know I know we're at the end of time, but I, I need to look up the FBI in this. So, so they're almost 60% FBI to win this game. Syracuse is three and one, though. God, if they lose to Syracuse, they've only got one winnable game left on their schedule, and that's UMass. Because they've got – after they play Syracuse, they go on the road to North Carolina – then they, they play UMass and then they've got at Clemson, NC State, Miami, Boston College, and at Florida. And if uh, if they don't win this Syracuse game, yeah, they can, if, and they lose, like they could go winless. It's not out of the realm of possibility that Florida State goes zero
1: twelve. And they've kind of backed themselves in the corner because they, they really can't afford to make a coaching change after two years again. Because yeah. then you won't be able to hire another coach. Nope. That's any good. And because no one's going to go there. Nobody wants the job. Yeah. They,
0: they listed, should have listed. Jimbo told them this was going to happen. They, he, Jimbo wanted, he needed more money for improving the facilities there. He wanted to be able to pay his assistants more. Um, they, now, don't get me wrong. like AM offered him otherworldly money to get him to go. But I don't think he, like, if Florida State would have just made some concessions to him, Jimbo would have stayed and... God, if, I don't know. You can talk Tennessee. You can talk Michigan. Um, there's a lot of schools out there that kind of you know, Texas um, that are a little delusional about who they are. Florida yeah. state absolutely takes the cake,
1: though. I don't know how they still can be. Like, like I, I don't know I don't, I how, how they recover
0: it. from this. I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I'm right there. Like, I try to, like, rack my brain but how to like get back to where they were. And it's almost seems like an insurmountable task,
0: especially now that UCF is being elevated to a power five conference.
1: Yeah. And Florida hasn't stopped, you know? Sorry, so,
0: Seminoles. It's going to be a yeah. long year for you.
1: All right, Joe, on that, I think we will wrap up for the night. Um, tell people where they can find you if they want to find, um,
0: what As you do. always, you can uh, you can find me on Twitter. That is my my main area of talking to the world besides this wonderful hour that we do every week. Yep. Um, and you can find me at, at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman. Very long and a mouthful there, but it's pretty self-explanatory. It's just at the Joe Goodman with some underscores in between the words. Um, and yeah, uh, you can follow me if you want. I'm sometimes funny and sometimes not.
1: All right. Uh, you can follow me at Matt D. Workman. Um, if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow that at the Bear Inn Pod. Uh, and until next week, enjoy uh, the Baylor game this weekend and um, see you next time, Joe. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks. Network.